This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shepherdville Mills Baptist Church. Well, welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Brother Joe Carpenter, and today on this cold, wintry day, I'm here in the warm studio with Brother John O. Sims. Brother, how are you today? I'm doing good, brother. Thank you for asking. Um, I know some of our listeners be interested to know, you know, last week, me and some of the guys from Grace Life Church Muscle Shoals, we in a hunting lease in Illinois mm. and went up there for a week and uh, hunted together. Great fellowship. The deer weren't moving very well at all, mm. but um, had great fellowship, very enjoyable, very restful, and mm. great joy to be back yesterday here and preach the word from First Thessalonians 5, mm-hmm. 16 through 24 on in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Mm. And uh, it was a great day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then last night we had our Thanksgiving meal. Mm. Our hearts are all just full of joy this morning as a result of what we experienced yesterday. Amen. Amen. And we also have a very special guest with us here today in the studio, Miss Kayla Sims, Brother Jono's wife. Miss Kayla, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. We've wanted to, we've had this discussion quite a few times uh, of how we've really wanted to be able to have you uh, come onto the podcast. We just haven't been able to make it work out until now, so we're really glad that you're here. Well, thank you. I enjoy listening to the podcast. Amen. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) That's good to know. That's helpful. (laughs) Well, and, you know, I'm glad you said that because a lot of pastors' wives listen to this. I can say that my own wife listens to this podcast, and one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show was because I believe you bring a really good, unique perspective from not only a wife's perspective, but a pastor's wife's perspective, and of course, a mom of five children. And sister, how many grandchildren now? We have five. Praise the Lord. We hope to have many more. Amen. Amen. So we're really eager to uh, learn some things today and just get to know you a little bit better. I just kind of wanted to start off with what might be kind of a, a softball question maybe, but when you um, when you first married Jono, did you expect that you were marrying a pastor? Oh, gosh, No. <laughs> No, I I grew up with a couple of um, uncles that were pastors in the Baptist church. Um, I grew up Methodist, and uh, our pastors left every two years. Mm. We got a new pastor. And, um, you know, also saw things that um, my uncles went through and— that would have not been my desire yeah. to marry a pastor, and um, but God changed that. Amen. And if forgive me, I'm, I may be off on this, but I believe when y'all got married, were you both lost? Yes. Uh, now, we wouldn't have told you we were lost. Sure. Um, you know, I, I've read uh, the Bible through mm-hmm. um, on every, every night before I went to bed. It mm-hmm. didn't matter— where I'd been, what I had been doing. Mm. Um, I w- had my Bible in a um, table beside my bed, and because of my background, I felt like if I didn't read the Bible and pray a prayer of repentance, mm-hmm. um, if I died in my sleep, 
then I wouldn't go to heaven. Mm. And that was just a works-based salvation. Nobody told me that. That's just something that um, Mm. I grew up believing. And I think Mm. it was probably based off the prayer, um, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. So that was just something in my immature thinking um, Mm. that led me to do that. But it was a burden that took the Lord to deliver me from that feeling of, um, am I going to be good enough? Am I forgiven enough? Mm -hmm. And, um, just workspace salvation. How many years have y'all been married? 37. 37 years. And if I understand it correctly, your testimony of conversion very closely coincides with Jono's. Can you just give us a maybe a, a brief little snippet of that? Sure. And I know that, um, you know, it it didn't really seem fair because I struggled, you know, for mm. so long. And I I um, talked about the struggle of mm. uh, that once saved, always saved, the security of the believer. Yeah. I questioned that. And. Mm. Um, you know, I just didn't grasp it. I, I was praying um, the sinner's prayer often. Mm-hmm. It was just still works based, yeah. and um, so I, you know, talked with John O about that on a regular basis. And then for him just to surrender and get peace, it just didn't seem fair because I'm mm-hmm. the one that struggled, and he never, he never. Um, discuss the fact that he was struggling too and he did i mean he he did did. on this podcast he explained it to us yes (laughs) and when he walked in that night uh in Mm. georgia i don't know if he he if he shared this part or not but when i opened the door i knew something had happened to him Mm. and he just said we need to go talk and i know that that he was burdened for me um because i had shared um, how uh, I doubted my salvation constantly, and um, but I I told him I, something something has happened. I can see it on on his face, and mm-hmm. it was like um, you know, when they talk about uh, in the scripture where Moses came down off the Mount Sinai that mm-hmm. and he had, um, met with the Lord that he had a glow about mm-hmm. him. I knew right then. Oh, I didn't know that he needed to be saved. Mm. My first thought was, oh, dear Lord, you have called him to preach. Oh, goodness. That was my thought. And and Mm. I shared that with him. Mm. And he told me that he had been saved. And, well, that is immediately I knew he gets he's very consistent. He gets up, studies his Bible every morning. If he was lost, I'm definitely lost. Mm. And the. Um, the veil was just um, taken down there. You know, there's no doubt hmm. here. And, and that's why I use uh, the analogy. Sometimes you have to know you're lost before you can be saved. Amen. And that's where I was. Hmm. I just needed to know for sure that I was lost. Hmm. And then I didn't like that at all. Hmm. I, I knew right then I, I want to be saved right now. Hmm. And, um, you know, just that uh, assurance of God showing me who I was mm-hmm. um, brought me to repentance. And so I prayed that night and 
um, it was just a surrender mm-hmm. that happened and in my life that I needed once and for all. And, um, you know, I won't go into any more detail because I know we have some other questions, but sure. just the wonder of my salvation when I think about how good God was mm. to um, allow me to struggle mm-hmm. and then just to reveal to me my lost state um, so I could surrender to him and then to teach me that he not only saved me, but mm-hmm. he continues to save me every day. Mm-hmm. That's what I had struggled with. And I didn't want to struggle with that anymore. Mm. Um, so, you know, I talked with Jono. We talked with Brother Don um, Singleton because I did not want to continue to have that struggle Amen. about the security of my salvation. Mm. And so... Um, God just settled that for me, and so I just, he saved me, he saved me then, and he saves me every day, and he gives me the opportunity to walk out my salvation. Amen. So and it's just a wonder. I don't ever want to get over that. And 37 years later, you guys have been through many dangerous toils and snares along the way, and I think back on the psalmist who said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? God used that to help build that foundation for this marriage. And that's kind of part of what we wanted to start talking about next, too, was then moving ahead. I mean, obviously, you get baptized, and then uh, you guys, he, he was eventually called to pastoral ministry. And part of that call brought him to uh, seminary. And so kind of uh, when you guys got to seminary, uh, was Emily born yet, or was she born when you guys got there? She was six months old when we were saved. Gotcha. And then um, it was a, a year later mm-hmm. that we actually moved to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a process that, you know, immediately that night I knew that God had called John O to preach. Yeah. And he didn't express that yet, mm-hmm. but I knew that in my heart. And that's just another way that God was gracious mm-hmm. that he allowed me to become um, settled in my salvation mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, you know, for that first, um, five years that we were married, um, we were very faithful to church and, um, to our, you know, studies and discipleship. And I grew so much, but it was like building that foundation on sand Mm -hmm. and that would crumble constantly. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just needed to have that firm foundation foundation and start over again Mm -hmm. and so i was able to grow in the word and i never prayed lord don't call him to preach because i'm scared yeah because i don't feel worthy to be a preacher's wife Mm -hmm. i'm not spiritual enough Mm -hmm. i you know i was a new believer Mm -hmm. i was a new mom and the people that i looked up to as preacher's wives i thought you know they've got it all together oh, yeah. you know they they're very wise and so god just allowed me to um grow in my faith and then when it came time for Jono to start saying you know i i'm feeling more than that he'd come home from his work and say well i was supposed to sell him insurance but I ended up witnessing to him you know and mm-hmm. um god just continued to confirm to me that he was calling John Owen to the ministries. I never prayed that he wouldn't. There was no just, fight or rebellion on your part against that, it sounds like. 
It wasn't. I, I mm. literally just prayed that he would give me grace and get me mm. ready and let me um, encourage him mm. and support him in his decision. And since then, I have seen women that fight against it. And it it just makes a struggle. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to fight against God and what he wants to do. But mm. um, even now, you know, so um, I was able to confirm to him mm-hmm. yes you know mm-hmm. i do believe the lord's calling you and you know people wanted to tell him that oh you're just excited about your salvation mm-hmm. but i knew it was more than that amen so early on then i would assume i'm just going to assume you guys were poor very <laughs> because most seminary students are well and not just that but because we had chosen for me to not work outside the home once we had children was that an agreement that you guys both came to and just said this is where we're going to we're not going to deviate beyond this. This is just what we're going to do. Well, it was a, our goal yeah. to to do that. You know, I worked outside of the home. I enjoyed what I did, and mm-hmm. uh, I was always in some type of service role. Nursing, um, right? Some type of nursing. As a phlebotomist gotcha. at the hospital, and I enjoyed that. And then I also um, nannied um, one of the doctors that I worked with at the hospital. His wife was killed, and mm. um, hit. Also, his mother-in-law was killed. Oh, goodness. And his sister-in-law, all killed in a car wreck. So he didn't have anyone Mm. to really help him. So I helped take care of his kids. He'd leave early in the morning. I'd get them ready, take them to daycare and school. And when they got old enough to do that, and I did that for several years. Mm. And um, just as a, you know, loving and taking care of of his kids. And um, I enjoyed that also. But then we went to seminary and john uh, let me say john o sacrificed for me to stay home yes i sacrificed things that i would like to have to Mm -hmm. stay home yeah and uh, so it was a mutual decision he was an old soul (laughs) and a young body we were just young people when we decided that that's that's what we would like to do and we didn't have children for a while Mm -hmm. Um, we were married for five years that was um I was selfish. I needed the relationship with him. I needed the affirmation and all of his attention. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we made that decision to to let me get grounded. And mm-hmm. we just grew up together mm-hmm. because we did get married young. But so, so while you're there, what were some of the practical ways then that you actually, I mean, you said it very well that you, you kind of knew that your role was to encourage him in his call. What were some of the practical ways then that you're there? You're on campus, I assume, living in some type of marital dorms or something like that, and mm-hmm. you've got a child now. And yeah, what are some of the ways then that you're that you're doing that? That you're taking care of the home and family and. Well, we had two. Um, Amy gotcha. Beth was three weeks old when I moved. Mm-hmm. The doctor released me early um, to be able to move to be with him because we were just miserable apart. Mm. You know, he was at seminary. Um, He moved the week after she was born. And um, so he released me early so we could go and be together. So I had a new baby to keep me busy and a toddler. Mm. And uh, the girls were 16 months apart. And I think early on, my ministry to him was just to continue to confirm to him his call that we were doing the right thing, uh, moving away from everyone that we knew when we needed, you know, help. You know, we could have used the help with our little ones, mm-hmm. um, but just taking care of uh, the kids, trying to train them in the way that 
um, when he came home, he could play with them and mm-hmm. have some time with them, but also kind of kept them quiet so he could study. study. He was always very good to study. We had a little two-bedroom apartment. Hmm. He studied at home. We put a desk in our bedroom, and he studied at home um, instead of the library just so he could be there. Hmm. Um, so I kept them um, busy and entertained and um, just kind of I would bathe them, get them ready for bed um, after supper, and he would come in, play with them, read them a Bible story. He would usually end up getting them riled up. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he would help me put them to bed. That was always a sweet time. Mm. But just taking care of the the family so he didn't have to worry about that. Mm. Um, That was how I ministered to him. And just encourage him. And just I was just a sounding board for him to Mm. talk about the day and and the things he was learning. And as he was learning, I was learning. And I was asking questions. Well, Mm. You know, the way you're talking about repentance, doesn't that make repentance a work? Mm. You know, isn't that something I can do? And, Mm. you know, just talking about the basics of the faith as Mm -hmm. we were learning doctrine. Mm -hmm. And you did all of this on a very tight budget. I mean, how? Um, (laughs) Of course, things didn't cost as much. Uh, We didn't require much. Mm -hmm. And um, we ate a lot of ground beef. Um, I cooked it every way I could <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ate leftovers and I, we just made it work. We didn't have cable. We didn't, hmm. uh, have to have entertainment, hmm. um, a afternoon at the park, mm-hmm. you know, it, that was all it took. We didn't, we didn't go to movies. We didn't course we didn't have cell phones we didn't have bills like that we just yeah. kept our life very simple mm-hmm. and uh, vehicles were not brand new off the lot um we were very blessed that my parents had given me a car um and jonathan had a good car of course we had you know worked for five years before we went to seminary before we had children and so our cars were paid for um so we just kept life simple, I guess. Mm. If you were speaking to a pastor, a younger pastor's wife now, would would there be any warnings you would give her, or just any advice or counsel that you would give to her, kind of just based on your own experience of where you've been? Well, it um, just make friends. You know, hmm. it was. Mm. I was kind of oscillated at first because we knew in going to Southwestern, though we felt um, very sure that that's where the Lord led us to um, because we wanted to go to Memphis. And we both just immediately in going and touring there um, at Mid-America just felt like disappointed because we just knew this is not where God's leading us to but that's where we wanted to go that's where friends were yeah so we were at southwestern 12 hours away from our family Mm -hmm. and uh i was a little bit afraid i was still a new believer yeah uh you know a year in my walk with the lord and i was very um leery of and we knew that there was some liberalism there um that i'm going to make friends with somebody that may not be in the conservative camp that might play something in my mind that you know is not lining Mm. up with god's word and i didn't want to be tainted um and 
so I kind of kept to myself for a little bit. Of course, I did have little ones that kept me in mm-hmm. as well, but I did make friends yeah. um, later. And uh, I went to one Bible study that, you know, they let they they watch the children, let the children play, and then the women would get together and study scripture. And I grew more comfortable with if something is not lining up with scripture, I will recognize it. And I just prayed that God would allow me to do that. Hmm. And it was at a conservative church. Um, it was a seminary Bible study for, for the wives. But hmm. um, And I did make some friends, and I was needed those friends yeah. at times because we had one child that was very sick. Mm. I was in the hospital, you know, quite a bit. And this lady just ministered to me mm. um, in a way that a friend only, you know, only a friend could. And mm. we did have a um, third baby while we were at seminary. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. You know, sometimes I know this is something that Ashley dealt with early on uh, at our first church was sometimes there's some pretty high and maybe even unbiblical expectations for a pastor's wife. And um, did you did you ever get pulled or have people try to pull you towards, well, you need to be serving here or you need to head this committee or you need to chair this or you, you know, you're the pastor's wife. You should be playing the piano with a smile on your face mm-hmm. or something like that. Did you ever? And if so, how did you deal with any of that? Well, maybe I did, mm-hmm. but um you know, you can't play the piano when you're not gifted. <laughs> you can't sing when you're not gifted to do that. <laughs> but um, that was one of the discussions that we had the uh, in the year that we were going through the process of John O being called into the ministry is that that was my only concern of him being called into the ministry is I'm not spiritual enough to be a preacher's wife. Mm. And um, he assured me that that there's nothing in scripture that says you have qualifications to meet as a as a pastor's wife amen and he freed me up from that mindset of having um those expectations Mm. placed on me Mm. or even me placing them on myself was that i expect you to be my wife and the mother of my children and your responsibility is to grow spiritually Amen. and you don't have to serve in any capacity um, that you don't want to. Hmm. And um, that was a discussion we had. The second discussion that we had um, probably even before that one was um, I commit to you that I will preach the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. And if there's not a, a church or a pulpit that will hear that, then I will preach from the street corner. I will provide mm. for you. I make a commitment that I'll always provide, mm-hmm. even if that means I need to take a job at mm. um, fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second discussion was about the expectations on me that I had for myself. And mm. um, he let me know that those were not his expectations. Amen. And so that freed me up. Yeah. So anytime anybody wanted to <laughs> bring that yoke of bondage over me, you know, I'd not very confrontational, but yeah. I just know that that's not something we expect. And, and I can just say that that's, I don't feel led to do that, yeah. you know, in that area. And I, I, 
I don't let people put that on me. It's good. And have no problem being able to make that uh, statement, yes. too. And, and and same for my children, mm-hmm. you know, as they grew. As yeah. That you're kids. Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Other people may, but we don't. That's good. Did you? I assume you probably had to have some of those conversations, too, with your kids, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Keeping in mind now that your family's growing, uh, even as you guys are leaving seminary, and Brother Jono had a church there at that time, but then eventually he graduates and you guys move on to, I believe, your first church, which was down in Talladega. And at that time, did you have, was everybody here? I mean, are we all the way up to Ashley at this time yet, or where are we at? Well, we had um, two children after seminary when we gotcha. were in Talladega. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had we had three mm-hmm. um, children at seminary when we left. You know, and, and it's sweet, sweet memories there. Mm. Um, at seminary in that little two-bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. across from the seminary. Um, We had uh, Emily was four when Mm. we left. Um, Amy would have been uh, three Mm. and a little younger than three because she had a birthday right after we left. Mm -hmm. And Julie um, was a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I don't know that, that I started out thinking um, we're going to have a large family. Mm. That was not our, our intention at the beginning. Mm. Um, you know, we did wait for a while before we had our first baby. Mm-hmm. And um, when we decided that, by the way, I wouldn't say that I we had fertility issues like some do. Sure. But um, – when we decided that we were ready, one of the things that caused me apprehension was Jono always talked about children. He would never talk about, let's have a baby, let's have children. Mm. And that always kind of scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but after we had Emily, I just so loved motherhood. And mm. I loved taking care of her. And um, it just immediately I knew this is what I what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And um just like everything we prayed one at a time Mm -hmm. for each one of those babies Mm -hmm. and um so it wasn't like some young couples had said well we're going to have a quiver full and (laughs) you know my question for a long time when i met people that i looked up to was what's your definition of quiver Uh, i just kind of wanted to know what was the lord uh expect of me um regarding this but just one at a time we prayed and Mm -hmm. lord gave us those babies and um so we had two children Mm -hmm. when we um in the first first four years of Mm -hmm. being in talladega um so we had five children and um i don't know sometimes you may count jono as one of those (laughs) (laughs) and you know that's a that's a large family and so uh which is wonderful yeah and and i i have we we're blessed with one too you know Mm -hmm. um but talk, talk to me a little bit then about now he's devoted to full-time ministry now by, by this time. And I, you're not working outside of the the church. You're full-time right. uh, senior pastor of the church. Right. He's devoted there to, goodness, 35, 40 hours a week just in sermon preparation alone, let alone counseling and all of the other things that we've talked about on this podcast before. So how are you getting these kids to school every day? And... 
if I understand correctly, too, you guys homeschooled for a while. We did. We homeschooled for eight years. Um, when we first moved to um, Talladega, it was, you know, almost time for Emily to start school. Hmm. Her birthday was just a week past the date of she needed to start kindergarten. And, you know, it was just hard for me to send that baby off. Hmm. Um, and so we just decided to um, teach her at home. The lady that I was friends with at seminary homeschooled her her children, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I learned about it. Mm-hmm. But I just researched it. And in the state of Alabama, you had to be under an umbrella. Yep. Um, there was a, a couple that um, had been in school system Mm -hmm. and so they had been in administration and teaching and so they were over the umbrella that i um looked into and they were very helpful Mm -hmm. and so we did um that could be a different podcast but we homeschooled (laughs) for eight years and i did try to um keep the children on their own grade level um Hmm. teach them as individuals uh, we had a separate classroom. We didn't play in there. It was strictly for school. Hmm. Um, and, you know, always had separate things for the little ones to do to keep them kind of out of the way yeah. in the early mornings. And um, it was it was challenging. Mm-hmm. And But we did have a great support group. Um, we did a lot of activities um, with our support group. Um, we had art lessons, swim lessons, play dates, and um, a large group of people homeschooled. It was a normal thing to do. And um, we moved to Shelbyville and continued to homeschool for two years after we moved to the little town of Bellbuckle and had looked through um, the school system, got active in the community going to ball games we talked with the administration mm-hmm. and just felt peace about putting them in school and it's something that uh just like having children and praying for yes is it time to have another baby mm-hmm. praying god's will in yeah. all things even in having children we did the same every year about homeschooling mm-hmm. is it right for us to homeschool again this year and really most of the time, I would pray that knowing, yes, this I'm excited about the new year. I've got mm. some new curriculum I want to try. And just we got to this point where I felt like spiritually I was losing my children because they would change the channel. I could see their eyes glass over. It's like changing a channel in their mind. Oh, mom's mm. in teacher mode again. Here we go. Yeah. And so they were not listening to me teach spiritual lessons. Yeah. And so we prayed about it talked about it and i had rather someone else teach my children academics and them listen to me teach spiritual lessons they might see things at school that i didn't want them to see they might learn things i didn't want them to learn but they could listen to me correct that teaching and listen to me spiritually that's good and it just became a that point that they were naive and they were not discerning and mm. of people's character because they just um, thought everyone's the believer, everybody that mm. comes to church are Christians, and mm-hmm. they were overlooking character flaws in yeah. people in order to have someone to play with. And, um, you know, they were a close knit group. And again, you know, I was 
very convicted to keep them on their own grade level. So mm-hmm. if this time ever came, we'd be comfortable putting them in school. So we did that. Mm-hmm. And just when they went to school, I went to school. Yeah. I, I just started uh, being very active. They they welcomed having someone to help. Mm-hmm. I just was a helper for several years. Mm-hmm. And then they were in such need for substitutes that I filled out the paperwork. I substituted until the principal called me one day and said, we need some help in the guidance office. Would you come and help us? Well, you know, we just prayed. We just felt like that was a answered prayer, an open door yes. um, for us to minister. And he told me, I know your pastor's wife. I'm a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I would ask you is to refrain from saying anything spiritual unless the children bring it up. Mm. If the students bring it up, you're free to say whatever you want to say. And that's the way it always happened, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And so then I was just at school uh, and I also we picked up kids, brought them to church with us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just became the mother of all students the i guess you say yeah. yeah yeah and and this may be a crude way of saying it but it gives you a good opportunity to kind of stay in their business so to speak you know you're you're there very actively engaged in the lives of your children even though they're going to a public school absolutely and you you know i broke up with boyfriends i <laughs> <laughs> i say that um <laughs> teasingly but you know i why why's that boy following you around? Amen. We we can we can like him, we can take him to church with us, but no, we're not having boyfriends yeah. and he ain't boyfriend um, material. No, is he? <laughs> and, and we didn't call him boyfriends yeah. for a long time anyway, but you know, I told Jono we we're gonna have to decide what we're gonna do with these kids because mm. we've all we talked about what we're not gonna do, but you can believe they're upstairs studying their Bibles if you want to, but they're up there thinking about boys. <laughs> you know, what's going to be our plan? Hmm. But um, and that's just a, you were talking about being supportive. And another thing I could do hmm. was stay, I stayed involved in their lives. And yeah. so he didn't have to worry about what they're up to. Hmm. Um, and I could tell him this one's going through something. Hmm. And just to show you her character and how God has used her in my life uh I never will forget after the kids, we'd homeschooled them and they were at school and Kayla was very involved in their lives. She came to me one day and she said, I've got something to say to you. And she said, I love you, but you need to hear what I have to say. And I said, sure. And she said, you're pushing these kids away. Mm. You're legalistic. You're, you're harsh. You're hard. She said, you have got to learn how to be more relational. You've got to get involved in their lives. I know it's difficult. They love you. They want your approval. But, you know, all they're getting is rules, rules, rules. Mm. And, man, it devastated me. It just – but I knew she was right. Yeah. And, brother, that was a watermark for us. It was a turning point where God used her to help me mm-hmm. uh, be more intentional with being involved in their lives, but with being relational. And I thank God every day for her being willing to say the hard things to me. Yeah and to help me, and that was one of them. Mm -hmm. And I look on that as a major landmark of where the Lord redirected. My convictions were right, but the way I was applying them was not right at Mm -hmm. all. And uh, I I believe, hope, by God's grace, I became much more loving, Mm -hmm. much more redemptive, much more forgiving, much much kinder with my tone, even though I still made some mistakes. Mm -hmm. But it was a turning point for us, and that's just one example of how 
God has used Kayla mm-hmm. numerous times in my life to help us kind of uh, not that we've arrived, but get to the place we are now to where our daughters are married and yeah. married to godly young men, and they're being good moms too now. Mm-hmm. It's a rewarding thing to watch. Well, and let me say too that 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 comes to the relationship between the husband and the wife, and um. You know, I, I wanted to to not overcompensate because he was um, maybe making them follow some rules or being legalistic mm-hmm. about something. And so me be um, dripping with so much mercy yeah. that we'd be so opposite. You yes. know, we needed to be on the same team. Amen. We needed to have the same message. And, um, you know, it helps putting your yourself in the place school is not what it was when we were in school right it's different mm-hmm. and you know just seeing the pressures that they're being they're beat down mm-hmm. you know at school they're by pressures and and by wanting to be like everybody else sure. but, you know I'm, I'm my message is you're set apart you're special mm-hmm. not because you're a preacher's family but because you know of what god has done for you and mm-hmm. and you know we just need to lift them up and support them Mm -hmm. and um you know like i said there was just some you you can think they're up there reading their bible but they're not that's not what they're doing (laughs) and you know we just need to uh come together on some things and um also just being in the classrooms and meeting the kids and being at school it it just caused me to have compassion for Mm. the students and what they go through Mm. um, and the pressures that they're under. Um, And I wouldn't give anything for being involved during that time. And the friendships that I made with the teachers, even um, some of my dearest friends are still there at school. And And y'all opened up your home too, to a lot of these kids. Absolutely. Uh, Not just on a daily basis, but even at least I can think of one in particular who moved in. Right. And now he's a deacon in our church and a godly man, a small group leader. Principal, principal of a school. Principal, at, um, yeah, a, yeah, at a middle school. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And, I, you know, I'm thankful for those um, opportunities that, you know, then that particular young man, God laid him on my heart even mm. before he was friends with with our kids was that there's something about him. Mm. I, you know, I can't say that, oh, there's something special about him that God, you know, Mm. it was God placed that in my life. It's not that I saw him and picked him out of a group. It's just like I was led to him. And um, just in learning about what he was going through in his life that, you know, God allowed us to minister to him and his family. And, Mm -hmm. um, but that's another way that I could um, just be supportive of Jono Mm -hmm. is by being so involved in our children's, we, children's life. I, I would just add to, you know, Kayla won't tell you this, but mm. um, obviously God did it, but the Lord built our youth group off of that. Yeah. Um, when we came here, you know, there weren't any students in our church at Cascade School. And, mm. uh, you know, through Kayla being there and she was allowed to bring theological books into the library and put them in the library and kids mm. would come to her and ask questions and Kayla would answer those questions and mm-hmm. invite them to the youth group and they'd start coming and mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking about Patrick I'm thinking about Larry I'm thinking about Tyler I'm thinking about Colt mm-hmm. you know uh, 
deacons, small group leaders, principals of schools. Yes. A veterinarian. Uh, veterinarian, <laughs> leaders in our church, yeah. um, parents now of young children that mm-hmm. are at school, direct result of Kayla's witness and her being there and just being mom to all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So at this time, you're, you're, you've got a large family, and you've got kids going every which direction. You've got some in cheerleading. You've got, uh, you've got to go to the grocery store, you know, once, twice, three times a week, and uh, you've got a tiny budget sometimes, you know, uh, to be able to man. How did you manage all of this? <laughs> well, I had a. I, I'm very laid back. Mm. Um, I'm the free spirit between the two of us, <laughs> but I am organized mm. and in a laid back kind of way. Yeah. Um, you know, my schedule can can change, and it doesn't uh, vex me. And mm. um, when I look at my calendars from back then. Mm-hmm. There was something on every day. Usually, wow. multiple things are written on that calendar, and um, you know, so I kept up with it, with where everybody was supposed to be and what mm-hmm. they were supposed to be doing. And we did when the kids started school the first year; they weren't involved in any activities. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we let them choose one thing one. to to be involved in, mm. and. Um, you know, we had done that when they were younger, too. And sometimes they have to try a sport to see if they like it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, choose what you like and let's do that one thing well. And so we did that. Of course, when girls are cheering, um, that's multiple sports. Yes. Um, when kids were in the band, you know, that's multiple seasons. But um, but we just, I stayed on top of that, um, mm. of when they were going to be at practice and um, what they were, we made the commitment that one of us would always be at a ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, usually we went together as a family, but yeah. when there's ball games and you've, you've got two girls cheering, middle school, high school, that's four games a week. So one of us would always go. They, they had to ride the bus there, but we would always bring them home in our, mm-hmm. and make them, not make them, but bring them home. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, any shenanigans that took place, um, mm-hmm. they were not a part of. Amen. Uh, it's just a way of protecting them. But, um, you know, when I looked at the day, it usually worked out where my grocery time would be on a Sunday afternoon. Hmm. Uh, my Sundays were not restful. Uh, you know, I, and you taught Sunday school. I did. For I always, years. I yeah. always taught Sunday school, but, yeah. um, so I, maybe uh, on a Thursday afternoon, I would run to the grocery store and I would have mm. a list of what the meals were going to be that week so that, mm. you know, I didn't really have to think about what I was going to buy. It was written written down. And um, anytime we were in town, I would try to have my um, grocery time coordinate with the time that we were going to be home. Wednesday nights after church was a good time for me to stop by the grocery store but um another thing was we um cleaned house on thursdays jono was off on friday Mm -hmm. and if he was off he's always been so good to help me that's why we have five children i don't know that i would have had five if he didn't help me um but after uh him being off some on fridays and feeling like he needed to help us clean the house. We'd come home from school, and he would have been cleaning and getting the house in order. And um, 
instead of cleaning on Saturdays like we had been accustomed to, I changed it to this clean on Thursdays. We get home. Everybody had a job to do. That's good. And um, everybody does that job on Thursday afternoons, and then Dad can enjoy Fridays. We don't have to be fussed at because your room was messy, and um, we can enjoy our off days. Mm-hmm. On Saturdays was football, and mm. I cook a big pot of chili, big pot of mm. chicken stew or something, and we would watch we'd watch college football and mm-hmm. – any of the kids in the area could come over and watch, and they knew there was a pot of something on the stove. Mm. So we had lots of in and out of um, friends. Sunday afternoons, you know, I would get up early on Sunday mornings, and um, I'd have something in the crock pot, hmm. have something in the oven. Friends were invited over after church. We often mm. had a table full, mm. and um, that we just— you know, they wanted to come over and eat. The kids wanted to invite them over. And I wanted my home to be the home yeah. where the friends were. Mm-hmm. And so we we did that. I, all I can say is that the righteous are not forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Amen. And God Amen. just provided um, the way for us to be able to have those meals for those kids. And mm-hmm. um, John O. often would laugh that, you know, I went to the grocery store and— um, Sometimes on his off day, you know, he would take up time with the kids and let me run to the store mm-hmm. alone, and his cereal would be eaten on Sunday afternoon. As <laughs> soon as I'd get the the dishes washed, those boys would be in the <laughs> cabinets getting cereal out. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes even on Friday afternoons, you know, they didn't have a place to go before ball games. They would come and eat meals before they would, you know, go play ball and I would have people say what did you feed that boy today he is playing good and um, it was just a way to minister Mm. to and and have them at my house you know and Mm -hmm. uh, a safe place a place where they could see what family was and Mm -hmm. um, we cheered for for those boys just like we cheered for our children Mm -hmm. and um, but it just all worked out those when people ask me, how did you do it with five? I don't know. <laughs> I, we just did it one day at a time. Amen. And and what the scripture says, um, you know, teaching truth as we walk by the way, as we sit down, as we mm-hmm. lay down at night. Amen. I, I just tried to be practical in the way that I was teaching Amen. truth. I didn't necessarily have a sit down, come here, we're going to study the scriptures together. and yeah. um, But it was lessons along the way. And it was your going through you know something with a friend they would you know let's talk about it this is what god expects of you and and i had to realize i can't expect them to handle situations as i would Hmm. a 40 year old who's saved yeah you know at that time you know in my 40s this is what i would say but yeah no they're 15 yeah that they're not they don't have that wisdom or experience but let me share with you amen my wisdom and my experience not that i had any wisdom but experience really mm. but like Jono said uh my kids and the kids here at church would come and ask me questions that i would um struggle to know the answers to mm. and um just what's polygamy what's the bible say about that and you know so instead of bringing my study helps to school with me all the time um i worked in the library too i helped in there and um i just took a uh john MacArthur study bible a strong's concordance 
and a Believer's Bible commentary, and our church donated those to the library, and mm. um, we kept those in there, and the kids would come in and use those as mm. a reference. I would use them as a reference, mm. show them how to use them, um, because <laughs> a lot of times they were not, I'm not going to believe that just because you say it, in, you know, so they would come in, Miss Kayla, where's the scripture? Say this, and so we'd we'd get that those study tools out, and I'd show them how to look it up. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> if I could just interject one thing, the beauty of being able to sit here and just listen caused me to remember a couple of things, and I think it would be helpful for people to know this. Uh, Kayla is laid back, but our home was very structured. Yeah. It was very ordered, and I say this respectfully, brother, but we just agreed together as a couple that we're going to be who we are all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the way we were at home, there was no great big difference between the way we were at home and the way we were out in public. Yeah. And so I'll just give you one example. Mealtime. Mm -hmm. Everybody had to be at the table. Mm -hmm. We prayed. There were no TVs going. There were no radios going. Of course, back then, no cell phones. But we didn't allow distractions. Mm. Uh, you come, you sit down at the table. We, Dad prays, and everybody doesn't just dig in. Mom said we're going to pass the plates, and we passed the plate around in an orderly fashion, and everybody got out what they were supposed to eat. Hmm. Then, brother, when we would go out to a restaurant, yeah, it wasn't a zoo. Our kids weren't going ballistic and crazy because that's how we were at home. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the numbers of times we would have people come up to our table and say, how in the world? Hmm. Do y'all have five young children sitting at this table, and it's quiet, and it's orderly? And we'd say, well, the Scripture teaches this, and the Scripture has instructed us here, and we would end up sharing the gospel with them. Mm. And so Kayla uh, was very good at being ordered, mm. teaching the correct behaviors at home so that when our kids got out in public, that's how they acted. I've seen her so many times load our minivan up, her and five kids, and head off to the grocery store. Mm. And she would be shopping, going up and down aisles, five kids in tow. And they're not yanking stuff off the shelves. They're not crying because they don't get their favorite toy. <laughs> I mean, but those things were taught and modeled at home by us together and, and more Kayla than me. Mm. And so that when our kids did get out in public, they knew how to act yeah. because that's the standard at home. I just think it's important to say that. Amen. Kayla's being a little bit modest, brother, but she <laughs> she did set a great example mm -hmm. of order, biblical order in the home and, mm -hmm. and how you act. Mm -hmm. how you, you know, there's just, you don't over-talk adults. Mm -hmm. You don't, when adults are speaking, I can't tell you the numbers of times Kayla would say, when adults are speaking, you don't interrupt. You wait till they're through, and then you ask your question. Kayla was very good at teaching our children what their place was in society, hmm. what their role was, hmm. and it's not you're not the center of the universe. Hmm. You know you, you you know you don't get out in front of us. You don't That's get right. out in front of your parents. If you do, you're gonna get popped. Yeah, and so they 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 did learn their place, and uh, I think we need a lot more of that. Amen, I, I think their children don't know their place nowadays. Absolutely, she was very very good at instructing our kids. So our children were manageable. Hmm. It's tough with five, but it, it wasn't craziness. It wasn't, you know, things out of control because Kayla did a very good job hmm. of teaching order at home, and then this is how we are ordered when we leave the home. I've heard. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say home was our training ground. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I knew whatever they do at home, they're going to do in public. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried to remember that. But we had a great time. I mean, we had fun. It yeah. was, it, we, you know, when Jono says it's structured, it, it, it wasn't militant. But yeah. there were some rules that we followed. Yeah. And, you know, we had a good time. We we cut up with one another. And, mm-hmm. you know, the table time, you know, when we had supper together, it wasn't chaotic. But mm-hmm. but we talked about our day. And, mm-hmm. and we included, you know, the kids. And we had a good time. We tease one another. Mm-hmm. and Still do, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> we do. And that's, I mean, they, they give me a hard time. And. <laughs> Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, we have a great relationship, mm. but, um, so it, it was structured, but it was, it was truth in love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had some rules too at church, mm-hmm. especially when you move to an area and I had to tell the children this, everyone is a stranger to us. Yes. And, um, so when we were here at church, they were not allowed to run outside mm-hmm. First of all, there's a safety issue with cars coming and going. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to worry about that. Second of all, we didn't allow them. This is a larger church. You, you are not allowed upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Somebody might be up there and pull you off in a classroom. Right. We're just, or I'm protecting you of what someone may say you have done. Right. And so, especially when the children were little, um, they had to stay on the front pew. Mm-hmm. We're standing at the front of the church talking, mm-hmm. and they you can play with your friends mm-hmm. on the front pew. Mm-hmm. But my kids stayed on the front pew, and that's where they had to be. I keep my eye on them when I was talking to people, if they had um, just in fellowship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want to talk to dad. Sometimes they wanted to talk to mom. But I knew where they were. Mm-hmm. And we also uh, had a sign where um, I'd hold up two fingers, mm-hmm. And I could, I'd hold up as like a peace sign, and then I'd turn it around backwards. Mm. If just across the room, I could say to them, what that means is, if I tell you two times, I'm going to give you two pops. Mm. And, mm. and my rule was, if you embarrass me in public, I'm going to embarrass you back. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, is that um, the way you behave is your testimony. The way I respond is my testimony. Mm-hmm. And if you embarrass me, I'm going to correct you right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I have to tell you two times, that's two pops. And whatever behavior they were doing, they knew I'm telling you to stop that mm-hmm. behavior. And 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 I, if I had to stop a conversation, excuse me, I'll be right back. Yeah. To take that one out, I would do that mm-hmm. and make a believer of them <laughs> and not be afraid to discipline my children in public. Mm-hmm. I, I, they were not perfect. Uh, but I was not perfect either. But, you know, I felt like it's it was my responsibility Absolutely. Um, to bring truth to them and mm-hmm. to help guide them. Train you them know? up in the way that they should go. That's how you do it. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that they're not going to be kids. Last night at our Thanksgiving dinner, which is I just so enjoy that, Yeah. Kim Smith and Mike came over to the table. They're a fairly new couple to the church. Mm-hmm. and. I guess they've been here about a year now, mm-hmm. so not not real new, but we just gotten grown to love them. Mm-hmm. And she came over to the table last night, and we were just talking. And all of our children were at one table, and Kayla and I, because we're too big for <laughs> too big a family for one table, so that all of our children were at the table off of our right shoulder. And then me and Kayla were sitting here, and um, 
at one point I had Eleanor on one leg, mm-hmm. Brooksy on another, and Hattie Ruth, <laughs> Kelsey's little girl, in the middle. And I had three kids on my lap, and there were three or four more around. Yeah, you had Audrey May. Had, he I looked had like Audrey. Santa Claus. Yeah. They, were, they yeah. were flocking to him. I did. <laughs> but uh, she just came over and she said, I've just been watching from a distance. Just such a blessing. You know, I, I take this as a compliment. She said, it's just so fun to watch your family. She said, how much y'all love each other. Amen. And you endure the rigors with your children when they're young. And sometimes mm-hmm. days seem like years, and you just think, man, I'm, I'm not making any progress. And we felt that way. Mm-hmm. But you are. Yeah. And your kids are listening a lot more than you think they are. That's right. To the, to the tune now, brother, that they're our absolute very best friends. Mm-hmm. Last week, Ashley, we had pictures made, and we were just giving each other a hard time, ribbing back and forth. And Ashley just sent this text. She said, I have the best family ever. To me, she means it too, brother. Brother, to me, that yeah. means to me, hallelujah. Jo- yeah. You know, job well done, mom. And, mm-hmm. and because our girls love each other, they mm-hmm. tenaciously love each other. Nathan, the same. Yeah. I told Kim last night, I said, when we get together, it's a hoot. Mm-hmm. Man, we just have a great time. Mm-hmm. We laugh, we love, we, we just, uh, you know, pick on each other, but we also love each other deeply. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any issue that we can't talk about that that's not brought up and i guess i would just say that you don't get there just by bumbling around it it was through a consistent witness and through being consistent with love consistent with correction yeah and consistent with grace yeah. we weren't perfect and we made a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. and when we did we owned it yeah when we sinned we called our family together and i'd get down on my knees and ask them to forgive me mm-hmm. and kayla too mm. and uh Parenting is difficult, but it's also very rewarding. Yeah. And we're now enjoying that reward. Amen. Well, and I want to say, too, um, you know, it's it's very physical <laughs> when your children are young. Yes. It's a physical tired. Mm-hmm. And then it's a spiritual, emotional mm-hmm. tired as they grow. Mm-hmm. And both are battles. Amen. Both are spiritual battles. Sure. And, you know, we're in a spiritual battle for our children. And I, I told Jono on a regular basis, I'm fighting spiritually, yeah. you know, here. And I felt like um, like a chariot with a team of horses, mm-hmm. you know, my children being the horses and and me not having the chariot, but just holding those reins. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm holding with everything I have to keep yeah. to keep Satan away from my children, because Amen. if you can't get to the preacher, mm-hmm. if you can't trip up the preacher's mm-hmm. wife he's going to go after the children because right. you know he's going after the weakest mm-hmm. uh just like mm-hmm. a lion does seeking whom he may devour and and Amen. we live in a glass house and yeah. as much as warfare is uh in general for us for a spiritual minded person how much more is it for the children of a pastor's family mm-hmm. and um i tried to keep that in mind and Another thing I want to say, as the children grow, and sometimes by the way we train them, Mm -hmm. we train children we don't even like. And so (laughs) we have to be careful that it's not easy, it's not fun to to confront things that you see. Sometimes the things I needed to correct in my children were my very faults that they had picked up on. And... Um, I, I would share with the young ladies in my in my Sunday school class, you know, the voice of the Lord sometimes sounds like the preacher's voice. 
you have to listen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it sounds like your mother's voice, something mm-hmm. your mom taught you growing mm-hmm. up. Um, sometimes it sounds like your spouse, and it's really hard to take when that voice sounds like your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and God's teaching mm-hmm. you through your children and so many lessons. Um, but nevertheless, listen and learn those lessons. And sometimes you have to admit your faults to your children and say, I'm working on this. Let's don't let this be a character issue in your life too um, because God's working on this in my life Um, but as they grow you know you you still have to train them and give them instruction you know you you go from being in total control to uh, being a coach we're giving them guidance and and kind of keeping them on the straight and narrow and then then you're just a cheerleader yeah you know now we're friends Um, and so it's a progression and you can't don't mistake it to be that I was their friend. Amen. Uh, you know, I, one of the kids, when they went on a mission trip, I had written cards for him every day. And, and you know, and I just told him, I, I will always be your friend, but I'm your, I'm your mother first. Amen. And uh, friendship will come in time, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I'll, I'll always be your mother mm-hmm. um, before I'm your friend. Mm-hmm. And um, when they're older, when you they get to college Mm -hmm. um and you have you know i try to remember what it was like for me college is such a lonely time and you can't explain to someone in high school what it's going to be like in Mm -hmm. college they have to experience Mm -hmm. you you give them some some information so that they will be prepared for it but this is an individual education you're not going to be in class with people you know Mm -hmm. you will have to make friends and leave time to have lunch with people mm-hmm. or you will be lonely yeah. and you have to find your place to fit in again. That's why we try to have an active college group here because it's such a lonely transition mm. um, for students. But I was very intentional yeah. in my relationship with my older kids because, mm. you know, it's easy to be active with the younger ones that you're still going and doing with. Mm-hmm. And then you have these older ones that are going through transitions. And I remember, you know, I cooked supper and I would set aside a plate for the one that was at school mm-hmm. and studying in the library because they're distracted at home with all that's going on. And I want to be a part of what's going on at home so that, you know, the ones that would study at college, when I, I would, when I would hear them come in, um, most the time everybody else would be in the bed and I would get up and I would go in and greet them, hug them Mm. and heat up their food and make sure they ate, you know, especially with the girls, um, boys, you don't have to worry about too much. They're going to eat, but the girls, you know, would just be tired and want to go to bed. But Mm. if they're sitting at the table, they'll eat the food and just be intentional about how's it going. What, Mm -hmm. what are you studying? And even, there were even times when we talked through what they were studying in nursing, and mm. I just remembered some of the, my experiences. And oh, remember this, um, this medicine because it mm-hmm. does this, and you know, just helped quiz them. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I would get up early in the morning. You know, you're tired, go to sleep, mm-hmm. get a good night's rest. Let's get up in the morning, and I'll go over your notes with you. I'll quiz you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there were times when. 
Jono and I would even get up early and we would go to Waffle House and mm-hmm. let's get up and let's get out early and then you can go and study for a couple hours before your test mm-hmm. when there was something they were worried about. You have to be intentional in those relationships. Amen. Um, and is it inconvenient? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Is it, are you tired? Absolutely. But, you know, we'll rest one day. Yeah. Sabbath rest. It's waiting for us, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, we've really run the gambit here. Uh, we've started in one place, and we've just about come to an end in another. But, uh, Miss Kayla, I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And you said this, and I'm just going to correct you on this. You said, uh, and I hope you'll uh, receive it in love, okay. but you said something to the effect of all I had was experience. I didn't have wisdom. I totally disagree with you. Mm. I think you've got a lot of wisdom, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted you here. Uh, it's just been oozing out of you the whole time. And so thank you so much for your wisdom. And uh, thank you so much for your love and your care and concern. Your church loves you very, very much. I know this pastoral staff does, and we love and appreciate you, and we're very thankful for you. You have been uh, an example for uh, not only our wives, but a lot of us. And we really love you and appreciate you. And uh, brother... uh, uh, Thank do you, you. Do you have any of uh, you guys have any final words that you'd like to add before just, we come like you, brother? I'm just very grateful that Kayla was willing to come. And I just want to say and I had to say this to a little girl one day that I'm sorry for what your father has done, you know, and he's portrayed himself as being one way and he lives in uh, a different way. There are some men out there that are what they say. There are some pastors yeah. that are what they say they are, and my husband is one of those. Yeah. And like Jono said, we tried to be the same at home as we were out in public, and he is the same, mm-hmm. and he is a godly man at home, mm-hmm. and he is the same at home as he is out in public. And um it's not putting on airs and it doesn't mean that he's perfect mm-hmm. by any means and, and 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 I'm not but we did work together and I was able to say those things to him because um you know I tried to say it I, when I'm saying this to you I'm saying it to myself too mm-hmm. you know these are areas I need to work on as well and so for a a, a preacher's wife out there that maybe her husband is not living up to the standard that he's preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. Hold him accountable. That's right, man. Um, You've got to be able to have those open and frank conversations with him. Absolutely. I'm. I mean, that's. I, I respect him because he did listen to mm-hmm. me, and and just know that those hard conversations are not one sided. Mm-hmm. I've. He's had to have those hard sure. conversations with me as well. Yeah. And um, so he don't tell that part either, you mm-hmm. know, but it, it's a give and take. It's working together on a team. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it it's just a whole nother, um, other session that we could talk about the the marriage and, and um, being faithful there. But, you know, you're, you're not being a helpmate if you don't talk about those things. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for the time that uh, you've put in today. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, we just want to thank you guys so much for listening. And if you have any further questions for us, we do ask that you please write to us, uh, brojo at 
smbconline.com. If you've got questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. It was great to have you on the show today, Ms. Kayla. Thank you. And we hope you'll come back. We're going to sign out now. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Thank you for listening to The Faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother Giano's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at Giano Sims. 